0: Previously on Talking Joe
1: So Dawn uses her magic ninja skills to bash open the case with a fire axe and scarper off with it Where she runs into Storm Shadow in a back alley And Storm Shadow seems to know exactly what is going on A whole lot of stuff going
0: on Although I've made notes, I've made about two sentences of notes So (laughs) not much to talk about from me So there might be something from you So let's dig into the nuggets Talking Joe is on the air, and here are your hosts, Chief and Mark. Hey, 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 we're back, all new Talking Joe, all new crew, well, not all new, because uh, Funky Bunch is still with us for his third outing, it's episode 93, Talking Joe, I'm the Chief Doggy Dog, and I am joined by you, I've given you the introduction, but do it again for yourself, please. (laughs) Marky Mark
1: and all of the Funky Bunch are here again for the third time. That's it, that's it, we're on a roll now, brother, we're on a roll, so uh, how you been? Yeah, good. Been a busy wo- uh, week at work. Okay. So lots of late nights. Uh, yeah, burning the midnight oil, as it were. Uh, yes. Yeah. So not so much fun, but but yeah, still still managing to, to fit in a few things here and there. Good. Good. What about yourself? How's the week been? I saw from yes. Chief's toy box that, that you've been down visiting Ben.
0: Yes, I uh, took the. I was going to ride the motorbike down two and a half hours on a motorbike, but the forecast for the return journey in the evening was wet and wild and windy, and I did not fancy riding the motorbike in the blackness of night in those conditions. So I took the train down in the end, and went round to the big uh, castle Ben, and yeah, we uh, did some Skeletrix burn-ups. We also recorded the latest Toy Box episode with our man S Jubbs, One of the best episodes we've done. You've, you did you watch it? Yeah, watched it last night. Yeah, good. Good, good times. Excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, I was thinking the other thing I was started doing is, and we can maybe do this, we're obviously doing the Mando, the 10-minute Mando. So the first two, uh, we've done double episodes, one and two, three and four. We're actually going to run with one episode now each week because that will then jump us straight into season two without any gap we'll finish episode eight and the next week will be season two episode one once we come to the end of that how do you feel about chucking in some clone wars rewatches uh have yeah. you got any interest in, in yeah, doing why not?
1: that i'm still behind okay. <laughs> I know. i'm still behind on where you finished off on uh out timers but uh, okay yeah well that'll, maybe that'll we homework. could
0: maybe we could start like the start of season four or maybe the start of season five so that'll give you plenty of time to catch up to that so well, yeah
1: I don't I don't mind well we can pick up where you left off on out of timers or, or whatnot I've still yeah I've got lots of uh catching up to to do on that one but yeah all good stuff
0: that's uh way down the line this is first and foremost AGI Joe podcast believe it or not but we are actually going to go into some fiasco right now and it's of the action figure variety action figures we all love them, we all love them, action figures, oh yeah, they bring us joy in our daily lives, bring us joy, action figures, yeah, evoking memories from our childhood, childhood. But now we're grown and we just can't stop. Just can't stop buying plastic till our wallets pop, 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 pop. When will it end? Who can say? Who can say? Cause action figures are part of our DNA. DNA, DNA. Some people say maybe we've gone a little wack but action figures bring us joy like a, like a rainbow They are so hot like a splash of Tabasco. Now, now it's time for action figure fiasco Now it's time for action figure fiasco Action figure. Okay, two more figures to talk about in the six inch scale. They are going to be the Cobra Commander Supreme Leader or Supreme Snake, whatever he's called and Doctor Doom from the Hasbro Marvel Legends line. So, first of all, let's get this Cobra Commander out. Now, this arrived from Comics and Cocktails 2 days ago or no, yesterday in fact, I think. And this is the new one. This is is there three now in the Classified line? Three Cobra yeah, Commanders. Yeah, I
1: believe so. There's there's that one and then there's two similar ones which are different shades of blue a dark blue okay. and a light blue. now I, I
0: have and i believe you have as well the wave 2 one the basic one we've both got that on pre-order for wave 2 that hasn't even arrived yet i don't even know mm. when that's due who
1: knows with these things okay yeah.
0: but i have this this exclusive one i don't know where it's exclusive to if
1: it's a I've, is it is it hasbro pulse ah, right. Like yeah that? hasbro yeah. pulse
0: con yes 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 and uh
1: comes in a very ornate box as
0: well really really nice cardboard 3d layered box now when I ordered it, just because I was hyped up on Hasbro PulseCon um, Energy, ordered it, pre-ordered it, and then as I was looking at the pictures, I was like, do I really like it? Do I want it? When I get it, am I just going to sell it straight away? It arrived, I unboxed it, and holy jeepers, this is a great figure. He is going nowhere. He comes, he's this dark kind of, it's, it's a, it is actually black. I thought it was dark blue. But it's a very mm. black, matted main colour scheme, but then he's got this ornate gold and red tinges to him the belt
1: um there's a lot of details going on there isn't there and like the just the the printed design on his chest and so on
0: yeah that is it's incredible he's got this scabbard with this ornate cobra hilted sword he's got the the pistol he comes with uh, a globe a gold globe he can hold because he has an open hand you can switch that out for a, a fist hand the other one he's got the grip hand for the gun or the like a scepter with the with the cobra head, mm. um, or he's got a pointing finger. You can switch that out for. And the the cape is lovely. It's a cloth cape. One side is this real nice kind of cottony, and then the other side, I'll take some pictures. It's almost like a faux leather snake scale skin look. And it, is it wired so that you can sort
1: of manoeuvre it and fit? It's, it's not, not wired cape. No. no. Okay.
0: It's not a wired cape. It comes with two little elastic. To, uh, things to go around his shoulders but then on those it's got these cobra gold buckles now the paint apps on mine he has got on his leg there's a bit of gold spots where the paint app has gone a bit wrong and there's another i saw on his face mask there was a bit of kind of the, where the the paint splash almost so that's individual to this figure i would imagine and mm. and you know it might not be in every single one but this is a great great figure man
1: yeah lovely yeah, I, I was very tempted, but I, I, in the end, I thought I'll just get one one Cobra Commander yeah. and I'll, I'll plump for a classic blue, you know, yeah. which is I think the definitive color for him.
0: Yeah, I've seen a few guys on Facebook actually who do make the custom head sculpts. so I'm going to get him to do me the custom Cobra Commander head sculpt in the, with the hood.
1: And what I've also seen is people have been uh, custom 3D printing the classic Cobra Commander gun. So, so your your guy comes with yeah. uh, the classic Cobra Commander gun, ah, in right. gold, okay. yes. But uh, the regular Cobra Commander comes with a uh, what I like to call ornate silver dildo version of the gun. Okay, yes, very which good. Uh, which just doesn't doesn't do it for me, to be honest. Right. I would, yeah, I'd love to have that that classic uh, classic gun. Yes,
0: I can't imagine I would have him holding a gun much because how often? Not that everything has to be comic accurate. Or, or, well, I don't know about the cartoon or anything, but how often in the comic is he holding a gun? Probably never.
1: Well, only only really at the shooting gallery. Um, <laughs> yeah. And even then, he's tending to use something other than his uh, toy-accurate gun. Yes, yes.
0: But anyway, um, let's move on. He's a great figure. Let's move on to Doctor Doom. Now, this is a Marvel Legends Hasbro figure, and this one is its quite newish. It, it's kind of got the traditional big belt with the big belt buckle the gold clasped cape now it is a stiff cape it's not a cloth cape but that's pretty par for the course with these $20 figures and it's fine it you know you're not going to be maneuvering and maneuvering him round into poses that spider-man's going to doing where you would need more of a flowing cape he's going to be standing gesturing and he's got this open hand kind of like the Cobra Commander one that could hold a globe and in fact the globe will fit in his hand which is kind of nice then Good. he comes with a grip, gripping hand for a, a... I think it's a Luger that he's got in a pouch mm-hmm. on his... I oh, could even on his work belt.
1: on Cobra Commander. He, he tends to use those in his uh, shooting galleries, doesn't he? Quite, yeah. Quite yeah. yeah, that
0: could work, swap that over. And then he comes with a couple of fist hands as well. But I don't think... He's got... Um, looking underneath here, yeah, he's got kind of a chainmail look under there. But he's got the, the, the hard plastic skirt, which means he can't really sit down if you do get a throne for him. But again not the kind of character he's going to be just kind of standing in the neutral pose you know intimidating people and he yeah. does come with a swap of heads so you get the kind of new style head but then you also get the old Doombot style face face mask but uh good scale wise kind of a tiny bit bigger than some of the other ones represented by the fact that he's a man in armor but a good classic look so a couple of nice authority figures there bad guys so Yeah, really really pleased with that purchase. Growing
1: out the legions.
0: Yes, exactly. You can get a new a new version is coming out of him. Same sculpt, but he does come with cloth skirt, maybe a cloth cape, and it's a. uh, I'll send put some pictures up on the social media, but it is a very different look, and he comes with like some arcane books or sorcery manuals and um, some. I think he comes with some effects that you can plug into his hand or things like that, so sort of magic effects. Oh yes, yeah, very good. Couple of really nice figures there, and next week we'll have another GI Joe figure in that, and then I'll pad it out with a Black Series Star Wars or a Marvel Legends. But um, I'm really enjoying this six-figure addiction, although my bank account is not.
1: Oh, can I can I ask a question while we're talking yeah, toys course. as well? So you've gone very much for the for the six-figure uh lines, six-inch, in yep. s- sorry, six-inch lines in your on your new collecting. Yes. Uh, is there any temptation to to sort of go back to the well for any of those three and three-quarter inches?
0: That is a great question, and this this could even be a listener question at some point um, down the line. But I had a big chat with Ben about this, because when I was selling some of my figures on eBay, the, I'm talking about the vintage Joes, and doing these toy box videos, it got me thinking, oh, I really miss Ripcord. He was one of my favourites, you know. And so I started looking at prices yeah, online to buy an old Ripcord. And then we both kind of came to the same conclusion that with vintage stuff that you once owned i kind of went the other way and i started thinking i don't want to buy that because it's not mine i wouldn't have even though it's that same figure i wouldn't have the same nostalgic feels for it because it's not mine it's a replacement for something i had so i'm not actually going to go back and buy any old figures i Mm, had because the feeling just isn't the same
1: yeah 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 sort of holding on to your the one that you played with as as a child versus it's just a a a bit weird i think yeah interesting yeah yeah, but but
0: that doesn't mean that you know because with this six inches six inch stuff i've never had any of it so it's fine even if i went go to go and get the you know the new retro joe line in three and three quarter inch that would be fine because i've never had any so i didn't have any prior attachment to them although i'm not going to go and get those because i think i've plumped for the the six inch line but but yeah good good question good question um i do still want that ripcord though but I don't know. Yeah, anyway, good figure. Good figure. Top <laughs> anyway. th- again,
1: I keep on saying this, but top ten for me. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? Oh, he's so good, great. Great, so great, great figure. Yeah, great accessories.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. More action figure fiasco next week. But now let's get into the meat and potatoes because it's time for comic talk. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Barry Hammer writes them. Chief and Mark discuss them. Whoa. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hummer rides them, Chief of Mark got them, whoa. Okay, Comic Talk, and we always kick off with this. Favourite cover. Right, so we are actually covering four issues this week. I, I, we didn't spell it out for the listeners in advance, but there are three issues back-ending, closing out this snake in the grass. But in fact... The the next one also does tail off some of these plot points and conclude some. So we are going to include four issues here: three three six to three three
1: three to three three six. Two three six. They're yeah. close, closing closing out. That, yeah. Two three yeah, that's three. That's what I two, said. Two, three, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, two two three six is part seven of the the six issue arc. Yes. Yes.
0: So we've got the standard cover and the John Royal now subscription cover for each mm-hmm. of these. So you've got eight to choose from. Uh, what's your favourite then?
1: So yeah, the 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 actual standard regular covers by S. L. Galant didn't do a huge amount for me this this time. Really, I thought you know they they do talk to the contents of the stories going on, but yeah. they felt like they were probably a little bit rushed, a little bit rough around the edges, and yeah, not doing a huge amount for me this right. time. Though you know, generally I do like the, his covers yes, uh, yes. a lot. And interestingly,
0: just to cut you off there, interesting, it's something that's only literally come to me now as you were, as you were saying that. We've previously seen a lot of times where Larry was doing the retailer incentive cover which then SL Gallant was working off and a lot of the times making a few minor changes but we don't seem to have those Larry covers anymore so maybe
1: yeah you know maybe it- I'm not saying...
0: look Shannon's a fantastic artist and for me once you go outside of that um that first kind of 70 issues he is the the GI Joe artist for me mm-hmm. but Maybe he preferred to kind of go off of Larry's prelims to a certain degree, and now he's kind of doing his own thing. I don't know. But like you, yes, I I agree. I think the John Royal covers were a bit more interesting, but uh, carry on.
1: Back back in the day, that that Larry did do the layouts for most of the covers, even even when they weren't being done as um, oh, right. ver- okay. variant covers. So You're so right. Mike Zeck, for example, often worked from a, a Larry sketch. Right. Um. So it's it's entirely feasible that he might still be doing some some layouts and ideas and giving them to yeah. to, to Shannon. But okay. um don't know that, that for sure. But yeah, I think I think it's entirely likely. It's entirely possible that Shannon is just do, doing these completely off off a blank piece of paper from right. Right. From, from from scratch. Um. And, and yeah, Larry has got a great sense of design when it comes to the these covers so yeah, um, yeah if, if he's stopped doing that then then yeah possibly some of some of that slight slightly uh, yeah the the way that Larry's mind works with these cover designs uh, yep. is, is missing as part of the part of the puzzle. Okay so where are you plumping where's your cash going? Uh, my <laughs> I am plumping for issue 233 subscription cover by John yeah. Royal.
0: whoa the- Funky
1: Bunch and the chief dog. Fully aligned. Snap, time. Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a great cover. It's Snow Job on a Skidoo, being uh, with I'm guessing Scarlet behind him, um, being chased by uh, Snow Snow Serpents. I
0: was gonna. I don't know. I was gonna say Cover Girl, just because of the jacket although i don't know there was snow gear isn't it so it could be yeah exactly yeah 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 yeah
1: i I think it's just the the long red hair is what tipped it over to me thinking it's scarlet but yeah the jacket kind of suggests cover girls so yeah
0: i love any kind of snow based action i love snow serpents and like to see these characters we haven't seen much of recently snow job so um good yeah. good we, action stuff there
1: can we have this 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 cover as the contents of the story please instead of what we've got <laughs> that looks yeah. like a good story <laughs> that looks like a great story um good stuff good stuff we
0: are fully aligned there yeah i like it i like it so let's get into the insides so last time on a real american hero dawn moreno stole the Arashikage sword morning light but storm shadow soon finds her Deep Six and Cutter's fight against Cobra's battle android troopers in Broca Beach comes to an end. Bombstrike, momentarily presumed dead by the Black Major, is found out in the desert by two scavengers who help her along. And Claire manages to save Foud in Benzine, only to find themselves both surrounded by the Juggler's damage control team. Duke and Roadblock arrive just in time, but can they extract
1: everyone from this tricky situation? Well, we'll find out. We'll find out indeed. So, So we've got five subplots going through these... Four issues. So, so much like last last time, there's a lot going going on and zipping around and changing between between them. So, plot, plot breakdown. breakdown. We start off in Benzine where the jugglers have found Duke, Roblock, and Claire surrounded as they attempt to shoot Fowled while he is in inverted commas resisting capture. The jugglers' crew is led by the wheelchair-bound and thoroughly nasty General Thurston Crow- Crowver. The Joes make off with Claire and Fowled in their renterek. Uh, Claire reveals she only pretended to be brainwashed by Foud, and she helped the Ultra Black Special Ops Agency, and didn't realize it was the Jugglers until it was too late. And while again they escaping, they're chased by the female assassin. They are tipped off to her following them by the fact that she's a woman driver in an uh, Islamic country. Uh, Foud is shot as she he takes the bullets that were meant for Claire. A grenade is thrown into the car, and with no safe place to dispose of it, Roblock gets rid of it safely with the. Kevlar plated door. And that brings that subplot to uh, a conclusion as uh, things aren't nicely wrapped up. Yep, but, Chief, yep. what's happening over in Olyastan with uh, Bomb Strike?
0: Yep, okay, over there, basically, we, we've seen her go in there um, to infiltrate the revanche corporation or whatever that secret facility was black mages in charge been put in charge of the bats and this subplot is effectively just her carrying on her escape and extraction in the desert there and she has some help from this girl so would you say she's a girl or kind of a
1: uh, a young lady
0: (laughs) they describe her as like scavenger yeah some scavenger called Layla and along the way we get some nice cameos from some other characters along the Red Shadow line, which is nice. And yeah, then in the end, some Joes come along to, to help out in the All Striker, which is cool. We get a nice little vehicle showdown and battle, but uh, that kind of wraps up that stuff in Olistan.
1: Very good. Elsewhere in the East Village in New York, Dawn is introduced to Demon Granny by Storm Shadow. And it's decided that she will help her in her shop while she's being trained. She reveals a mysterious scar on Granny's arm. A little bit of mystery behind the story, which is told to shush, shush, shush up about. Later, when the shop is robbed, the robber is disarmed in a scene reminiscent of the Softmaster and the Snake Eye's origin issues. But th- things go wrong when the boy r- runs away and is shot by a policeman while he's escaping. The robber wanted the money to pay for his six sister's medical bills. So Dawn and Granny rock up to the hospital and pay for the treatment in the form of a kilo ingot of gold.
0: Yep, there you go. Um, over in Springfield, there's a couple of things going down. The hoi polloi, the hierarchy of the Cobra World Order, they're squabbling, as you would expect, from these uh, types of people who all want to be in charge. And with Dawn on the loose, Zartan's like, we've got to quash this before she becomes a major league problem. So he goes out there to you know do the do or put her out of her misery so to speak and then also you've got the collins family who have been kind of they're kind of on the run now aren't they so they're in hiding hiding in plain sight hiding in, in plain sight yeah and they've got an idea to uh maybe we'll talk about this in the in the talking points when we break it down but they've gone to some municipal records place to do something i'm not really too sure what they're going to do but uh um that sort of stuff plays <laughs> out there so yeah yeah, yeah,
1: we see, uh, yeah, a lot of Heather Collins there as That's a bit it, yeah. of a whiz yeah. kid on the computers. You got it, you got it.
0: Larry, Larry actually starts up a new plot as well, doesn't he?
1: That's right. We, you know, as you'd expect, in issue six of the uh, the sub <laughs> of this arc, a brand new story starts. So, in the land of a million elephants, Zap, Stalker and Storm Shadow investigate an abandoned, overgrown temple, and uh, they're on the money trail for Cobra, and this is where it's led. It's the location of Red Laser's lab. They scrap with uh, with the latest quad-model Blue Ninjas uh, version of the robot with a shared consciousness that learns from its mistakes so it won't make them again, before eventually getting to the end-of-level boss baddie, which they take out with a giant GBU bomb, which is a real-world bomb with G, uh, GPS targeting.
0: Okay, let's uh, dig in a little bit deeper. Talking points. Right, so let's just take each subplot as they come. So the benzene one, the are you A happy how it all concluded? My notes, I've only got one thing here and that you alluded to it and this was where roadblock kind of defuses a grenade and this seems to happen a lot in comic books and other forms of media in that the fuse on that grenade was about a million seconds long because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's been thrown it into the cab he's got it out he's run around he's put it under a door he's looking around yeah. it must
1: be about 10 seconds before that thing's gone off exactly do you remember that bit from uh, batman the movie with adam west where he's running, running, running on the dock. Bomb. sometimes you just can't get rid of a bomb incredible yeah. love that movie, love that movie. <laughs> but, um, and did you did you notice the callback to that 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 little sequence where uh roadblock uh jumps on top of the bomb t- as it oh, explodes tripwire, yeah. yeah a call back to issue 29 yes. beached whale yes where tripwire covers the grenade yeah. but uh roadblock in that circumstance actually pulls him off it and chucks the the uh grenade away and it explodes it. harmlessly
0: yeah he chucks it up the uh the pipe doesn't he up the, that's right whatever it is the air duct pipe thing Yeah, yeah very cool very cool but yeah, I, I don't know. How do you, how do you feel overall about that benzene stuff and the Claire stuff? Does it wrap up nicely for you, or
1: um, it it was a bit of a random plot uh, to me. It wasn't my favourite, but, no. but it seems like it's uh, it's kind of been pretty much tied up now. Yeah,
0: I think the potential there initially when they reintroduced Claire and you're like, oh, is she a sleeper agent? That has like that had me all interested, but mm. where it went, I don't know. It was just like meh. Yeah fine
1: whatever. Yeah. it's done move I th- on i think if they'd just played a slightly longer game with that arc and and sort of alluded to you know what's going on with claire over a, you know spread it out a little bit more in- before they before they get back out into to benzene then then maybe yeah. it would have been a bit more intriguing uh, yeah it felt like it maybe was just flew but flew, flew all you know too much was crammed into a short yes. space perhaps
0: Bomb Strike still getting a lot of action. So the, the, I know you mentioned that I wasn't really aware of that she had that one issue appearance elsewhere before this, but mm-hmm. she's been in these issues for it's quite a while now. This yeah. is a
1: good long arc for her. Absolutely, yeah. And and you know she's we we had her as an MVP. She's got some you know serious skills go, going going yeah. on there in terms of taking out those those yeah. Cobras and Red Shadows. Although.
0: And- does this arc actually seem like a lot of throwbacks? Because you talked about the roadblock one, which I'd forgotten about at the time, so good job there. But here, she's kind of tied to the front of a hiss, which was quite reminiscent yeah. of Baroness in the Cobra Civil War one.
1: Exactly, yeah. It's not the first time we've seen someone tied to the front of a hiss, yeah. And I, I when I was looking at the, this sequence, I had the thought, if Bombstrike was in, an, in the X-Men, um, yeah. and get going by her skill set, she could quite easily be. Um, That if she had her mutant power, it would possibly be turning the tables, uh, you know, (laughs) just the number of times in this arc that she's, you know, she's been uh, up against it and then just somehow, you know, flip reversed it back back in control. um, You know, too many to count. Probably, probably close to 10 by this point. yes. Yeah,
0: she's she's um, got the skills, but uh, nice to see the Robo Skull popping up again for a few panels.
1: Yeah, always good to see that. There was a, there's a lovely bit uh, a, a silhouette where it appears, and, and the silhouette for, um, is down on as a or, sorry, as a as a shadow on the on the ground, and there's gaps in the shadow. Uh, where its eyes are, which oh yeah, I'm looking at that now, isn't I guess scientifically possible, <laughs> <laughs> but but does make for a nice little artistic effect.
0: Nice shadow, yeah, yeah I see what you mean now. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good.
1: Uh, in in that sequence, that that very end sequence as, as well, where where they're facing it ag- against uh, the three Cobra vehicles and, and take take right. them down. Yes. Uh, what what struck me was how uh, how Bomb Strike was uh, able to take out the red uh, the blue Ninja who was uh, driving the the Hiss 4 um, by shooting down at the front canopy from its own turret, which strikes me as a bit of a design flaw. That yeah. <laughs> you could blow up the front of your own uh, your own tank. With uh, with the cannon, the the mounted cannon. Yes, yeah, so that know, can elevate down very well. But I
0: remember, what's that one? Issue eighty, I think it is, where the rolling thunder and what are the t- is it maggots? They're trying to fire oh, yeah. to the top, but they can't because they can't elevate high they enough. They can't elevate. That's Whereas right. Whereas this yeah. one can. This this gun elevates down too much.
1: Yeah, it <laughs> d- elevates... <laughs>
0: yeah. Now, what is this vehicle? I wasn't familiar with this other this other bad guy vehicle.
1: That was the Ringneck. The ringneck, That's yeah, never right. Never heard so of it. So that was yeah released slightly further on in the uh, in the period, and yeah, I guess didn't get much to- uh, airtime in the original run. Possibly none. I, ca- I can't recall it being used, but no. but you never know. But yeah, it's a bit of a clunky looking design. It's not especially pretty so i think it's one of those vehicles where you wouldn't necessarily want to use it unless uh, unless you had to uh, you know given the choices of the other alternative cobra vehicles that could be yeah. used and who knows it might have just been that uh, larry was uh gifted one and he had it in front of him and he thought yeah why not just uh, yeah. stick this one in the story okay
0: i'm pretty sure this layla character is going to show up again she also had some significant page time helping out bomb strike along the way and even doing some good damage so yeah a lot of I, page know, I know larry likes to to reuse some of these characters when they're long thought forgotten so i think she might crop up again in 20 30, 40 issues time
1: yeah just just like the the kid who who um, helped dusty and mainframe back in the day and then a good pff, 50 or so issues came back to uh, yeah. to help out the Joes. Probably even more, even longer than that, Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. That was a good issue,
0: actually. I can't remember what that was.
1: Is that Special Missions?
0: Uh, no. That
1: was the regular series. I can't recall yeah. the issue number. off. The I know the main. one you
0: mean. He he was all about Dusty being the main man because he's a fighter.
1: That's right. But then and he works out that Mainframe main f- was the one who got the job yeah, done for the and, mission. And not the old woman he initially called him or something. like <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I think it was called Rashid. Rashid,
0: that's a yeah, that's a good one. I like that issue. But yeah, good, you know, good action, good action over there. Where are
1: we going next? So I guess I was thinking about just the the art, and it struck me that you know while it's a very competent job, gets the you know job done in parts. It looked like possibly might be might have been a bit bit rushed. Probably right. a bit of a speedy job to try and get those pages cranked out in time for for the deadline. So. Yeah, you know, a little less of the polish than possibly some of the well, uh, other issues that we've seen.
0: I noticed when we went into issue two, three, six, the in- the inking, and it's still Brian Shearer, but it just looks a little bit lighter on the blacks, on the black inking. Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, less less of the thick lines. it's yeah. it's yeah, quite a light touch to to them. Like he's using a, a thinner micron or yeah. something uh, like that. So so possibly just you know trying to get trying to get through the pages get them done how do you feel this dawn stuff is is motoring along well yeah it's it's okay they they're sort of move moving it along she's now with uh granny isn't she yeah. and uh and we kind get... of her training line lined up yeah and we kind
0: of get the third almost callback as well like you mentioned again the issue 26 where the guy mm. comes in to rob the softmaster and he ends up kind of buying the gun off him and sending the guy on his way. You get a similar thing here, but it's fleshed out
1: even more because there's repercussions for the guy's actions. Exactly, and and I think um, Dawn even sort of mentions it, sort of recalling Snake Eyes's memories of, of saying, uh, you know, literally that that what she was trying to do was to kind of mimic what, what the Softmaster did and what Snake Eyes's memories had seen him yeah. uh, doing. Obviously, it didn't quite work out in the way that was intended. Um, and in a way which led to a a hammerism, which was where Felipe the robber was being treated by the ambulance after he had been shot, and they say, it's a sucking chest wound, but we got it plugged up in time. Do we get get two of those, in fact?
0: I think we get two. There's another. I've got sucking chest wound times two written down here.
1: Stop! Hammer time! The other one that I saw was uh, when Bombstrike was fighting with the uh, Black Major, and she said, you're going to do what? Go all up inside the soles of my boots with your face. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, I think that
0: beat that... or beat yourself around the soles, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, so that was something I think Doc originally might have spoken to in, in, in all the way back in yeah. uh, the early issues when he first encountered uh, yeah, I agree with that. Destro.
0: And there's another one that Larry has started using with increasing regularity, and it's the, just the simple word togs. Togs, lovely. He loves. Oh, you got some new battle togs and then other variations okay, of togs okay. but he uses that pretty much once an issue now as well
1: okay while well, we're talking about new togs maybe we should do some uh fashion talk okay yeah do it armani Prada, masachi 2 joe's changed their outfits from black to blue
0: duke and hawk look but don't go changing their kit Whoa! was that legit swapping camo jacket headgear and boots it's now neon colors and funky space suits sci-fi stalker and even roadblock while bill flint and muck gave me a shot so go take a walk if clothes aren't your passion comic book
1: talk and lovely G.I. Joe fashion. So, did you pick up the uh, Jungle Camo storms uh, Sorry, did you pick up the Jungle Camo Storm Shadow? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very over, interesting. Over in the land of a million elephants. That was, yeah, an interesting design. I, I had to go back and look on uh, yojo.com to see had that is that a design that's being used in a toy and it doesn't look like it. So it's like that sort of green jungle camo with the with the white face and yeah, yeah it's I, I liked it i i i, th- I thought that that was a, a nice little touch and a, and a nice uh new design and a, a sort of specific to you know what they're doing which is a sort of yeah. a, a jungle incursion as well what do you yeah. think
0: yeah yeah it's good I, I like that look it's a good look for him it's, it's nice to get him out of the full ninja outfit once in a while but he still retains some of that you know with the headpiece etc which is nice but this plot line here, this Land of a Million Elephants, it just feels like, and again, this will weigh in probably on our yo jo at the end, but it just feels like there's just so many Joe units or teams going around just doing recon on Revanche and, mm. you know, the Blue Ninjas and all this. It just seems to be an overused plot point at the moment. And here we get it again. They're in a, a new secret locale, which they managed to discover and it turns out that here's the red laser and you thought you got rid of the blue the you know the core blue ninjas <laughs> but no they're back again but now it's a, a quad blue ninja or some, some yeah and like not
1: that. not too different actually to the to, to you know cutter and his crew going into scope out a uh, a site finding the new bats or indeed bomb strike going to 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 the site yeah, and, yeah. and finding uh new bats as as well so it's a you know a bit of a third repetition of a similar idea within the same same arc so we could yeah probably have lived without it or at least lived without it during this particular and i'll tell you
0: exactly what's going to happen ace in the sky striker drops a bomb down on this what's what's the what's the thing called the, the name of the yeah.
1: bomb, it was... No, not the
0: bomb, the, uh, oh. the, the, the new Blue Ninja thing. Has it got a name?
1: Oh, hold on. Uh, what was that called? Uh, so the new Blue Ninja was the latest quad model Blue Ninja, so a robot with shared consciousness that learns from its mistakes so it doesn't make them again. Yeah, that's it. But anyway, this guy basically <laughs>
0: gets a, a big bomb in the chest... And then blows up. I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. What's going to happen is we're going to get Blue Ninja Mark Five next time. Yeah, so, and that
1: and that and that Ninja will remember. It's learned yeah. from its mistakes. He won't get don't, trapped with a bomb. Don't get blown up with a bomb. Just In basic the land of a million rookie yeah. rookie error. Don't get yep. blown up by a massive yes. massive bomb.
0: But that and that kind <laughs> of they escape with Red Laser at the end. So that plot point seems to have been just
1: to capture Red Laser. Yeah, so presumably something will then will happen in the future with the la- red laser as a as their prisoner, you'd hope. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah. unfortunately, no no continuation of the the cutter story from Broker Beach. No. Oh, so that that's one ended. was that was done. That was uh yeah. They they went went in, got everything blown up, flew off again in the in the whale. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Um one thing here l- looking at the Cobra hierarchy and stuff and especially zartan zartan is interestingly i think steve touched on this a couple of times when he was on the pod about zartan in his file card and i I don't know what the actual the the lines are but it's something about him being um like a paranoid schizophrenic or having some kind of you know mental disorder or um condition and it was it's never really been touched on, but we're kind of, I don't know if it's inadvertently Larry's putting it in here, but he's been flip-flopping a lot lately between kind of helping the good guys, but now he's saying he's going to go and kill Dawn, and then later on he's going to help Dawn, and we are kind of seeing it. I've not really, it's not really um, come to the fore before yeah. in the comics, but it definitely feels like he is he is jumping all over the shop. Now, whether that's a deficiency in Larry's writing or he's done it on purpose, I don't
1: know. Well we we'll, maybe when we'll get to those issues we can discuss it in a bit more more detail. But yeah, he's certainly sort of flip flopping in terms of his loyalty that yeah. you know, if he's if he's doing something that, that is endorsed by Cobra Commander, you know, he shouldn't have to sneak around to, to access those those information. So he's going of clearly going a little bit rogue, uh yeah, and doing his own thing. Right. Okay, yeah,
0: I think I'm actually I've read ahead, so maybe I'm referencing stuff to come, so but <laughs> But yeah, just, I just I I find it quite interesting because he is a fascinating character and I think there's more stories to tell with his background and you know with his um you know kind of personality and motives and stuff. We've seen yeah, a lot but I think there's there's his more sort of to
1: come. Slightly set, different set of motivations in the way that yeah. he's being torn in in different directions. Yeah, yeah. Um
0: you also mentioned that we see quite a lot of uh, Heather
1: Collins. That's right, yeah. The uh, sort of She's, I guess, been around for a for a long time, but never quite as much airtime as she's had in these last few issues.
0: Yes, yes, and maybe this is. I thought I didn't have any, but maybe, maybe I do need some help. Am I stupid? Because I'm not too sure. She's gone down to some place to hack in somewhere and get some kind of information, and that's when Zartan kind of confronts her. But what were they actually? What was her plan? What was the Collins
1: plan there? So they'd gone to. Sp- Back to springfield to try and get payback for what happened with uh, sean collins and so they hatched a plan to break into the municipal re- records for reasons <laughs> right okay <laughs> i don't think it's entirely clear why they've gone in in there but it's something to do with the information held there and potentially held on the, the brainwave scanner right. um motivation's not entirely clear uh but um Hopefully we'll find out, maybe we won't, but there we go. What I found interesting about that segment was that Zartan instantly instantly recognised Heather, uh, despite never meeting her before, (laughs) as far as I'm aware, and her being about 10 years older than the last time that uh, she appeared in the story. But uh, there we we go, Zartan's got some skills.
0: uh, Yeah, that's G.I. Joe bullshit.
1: No, that's (laughs) that's that's just straight up front comic bullshit. Some something else I noticed about these uh, these stories was that uh, roadblocks marduce isn't very effective in close quarter combat, is it? <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's not always the best weapon to use in absolutely every no. circumstance. you has got a widespread on
0: that, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, if accuracy. you're trying to poke
1: poke it out the top the side of a car or or whatnot, <laughs> it's uh, a little bit uh, <laughs> a little bit tricky. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> he need he needs to rethink that, but. Um, hmm. Yes, the, roadblock the other... with roadblock with a new weapon. I don't know, fanboys yeah, be up in arms. Exactly, what him
1: with a pistol. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing I noticed about these issues is that there's quite a lot of information conveyed in the in the letter pages. Did you notice that?
0: Um, I didn't even bother reading the letters pages. Oh,
1: so it was definitively confirmed that the giant eye that we saw in the previous issues was indeed a setup for a crossover with transformers got it larry confirmed that the red shadows worked their way into the book following a visit to the uk for roll out roll call and, and meeting the organizer uh, dave tree Excellent. and him being gifted the the toys and uh, larry said that uh, he often works with the toys that are right in front of him so that he's got them as a constant reference and he knows who's in play and where they are and so on got it um so so actually playing with the the toys uh, helps him with his uh, storytelling, right? Okay. Um, and uh, he also said that uh, that he was originally bothered by the fact that the only Asian in the story was a baddie, and so that was the reason that uh, Storm Shadow had his redemptive arc. So yeah, ah. a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things happening in the in the letters pages. Good stuff. Um, was there any little nuggets put in by Shannon? Do you think? I spy, I spy with my, my, my little eye. eye. Uh,
0: I I noticed a couple of little things that just kind of tickled me. When Baroness is going to try and find Mindbender, because Zartan's impersonating Mindbender when Heather's down there getting the, the stuff that she's getting from the computers, and Baroness catches him, and she's like, I'll go and see Mindbender straight away, I'll, whatever. And she goes to his dental office, and, uh, which is... What's the, what's the name of the dental office? I had it, Teeth I had it.
1: Straightener
0: Dentistry. That's it. And next to it, there's a shop called uh, Monocles Unlimited.
1: <laughs> no 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 yeah. no 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 there's no glasses yeah only and monocles
0: the, and there's also in the east village there's a sign outside the shop which says 50 percent off pidgemon and chooju figures now i'm guessing pidgemon is a is a pokemon but right. chooju figures i don't know if that is a reference to something like not kaiju i don't, oh, yeah, know, maybe. I don't know but uh, yeah.
1: yeah in terms of the the little easter eggs that shannon had put in there there was uh, I think we can probably uh, say that he's responsible for all of the little toys that were dotted about in Granny's shop across yes. the the rows as well. So yes. lots of, uh, for the fans of those sort of Japanese yeah. robot toys and whatnot. But, yeah. uh, well, yeah, there's a probably of, uh, a,
0: there's probably a can can Mark name the toys next week? Because I just looked <laughs> at the cover. There's a few on the cover no, of 237. Okay, I think so, I'll have some homework then. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, there you go. Can you name them without doing any
1: research? Oh dear, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll be really on the spot. I don't think that's my suit. <laughs> Another little Easter egg nugget I noticed was uh, the name checks for Prupistan, Rudetistan and the bozigian River. Okay. Do, do any of those mean anything to you, Chief?
0: Um, no, they've obviously been referenced in the comics before.
1: Yeah, so it's, I think it's not necessarily the first time that they've cropped up. Right. Um, but but maybe not commented on, on, on the pod. So uh, Prupistan, the first yeah. of those... That is a reference to Bob Prupis, Okay. who established the boys' toy division at Hasbro and became vice president. So he's the person most directly responsible for the reintroduction of G.I. Joe as a three and three quarter inch product in 1982. Yep. And also Transformers. Um, the next one, uh, Rudestan, that is a reference to Ron Rudat, who was... Uh, the main figure designer behind G.I. Joe from 1982 until uh, 1986. So yep. a lot of uh, the characters that we know, the look of them is is very uh, much uh, down to to him. Um, he designed vehicles, decals, books, and even the Cobra logo. And the character of uh, Leatherneck was based on his uh, look. Very good. And the third one of those uh, is a reference to Kurt Bazigian, Be- who was a very influential contributor to uh, G.I. Joe at Hasbro. And he worked on the brand since before its launch in 1982. And he served on and off through until 1994. And the character of uh, Law is based on him.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that one, but I didn't know some of the background details. there. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good. Good info from funky bunch there. Four <laughs> issues, four issues covered, which means there's been a lot of words written. Favorite,
1: Favorite line of dialogue.
0: dialogue. So, anything jump out at you here?
1: Yeah, some some nice uh, nice dialogue sort of around some quite snappy uh, snappy things. So, uh, Muton came up with some nice little classics there as well, but the, the one that I'm going for is uh, Fouled. So yep. it's, uh, I think, Hammer sort of making a little bit of an editorial comment here and putting his uh, thoughts in uh, in the sort of mouth of the closest person. So it was fouled was talking about not using the children in the, the hospital that he's working at as a shield, but he was just simply acting as their doctor and everything doesn't have to be black and white, goody and baddy. And he says, the complexities of moral imperatives are no simpler to sort out in hindsight than they are in the moment. One person's righteousness is another person's mortal sin. And so the circle of violence continues. It is a quandary. And then he gets shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Like what, say, what about I, you?
1: What do you like? Larry, you know, Larry's not shy
0: of putting in, you know, political based statements and moral based statements. You know conundrums and things like that. So good stuff there. My favourite one is actually from Mouton. Uh, he has bust through a door, and he has said, "Mouton's directive is to sanitize this site. Resistance is futile. Accept your fate." <laughs> um, very good. Yes, yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. That leads nicely into this. Who is the MVP? And in these issues, who is the MVP? Is it a Cobra Joe or the enemy? The good guys are the Joes now. Show counter terrorist force, but hush, it's on the down low. Pages of this book, go have a look. We're searching for guys or gals that have the hook. The hookup being the best thing in the story Chomping up scenes buttons, then center allegory And let's not forget about those cats named Cobra Sipping Dom Perrion, are you sure they're sober? Brainwave scanner is back, gonna be messing Big CC and Destro teach a lesson Talking valuable, can we talk the Dreadnoughts Grape Soda, Chocolate Donuts, and then the Jukebox Who is the MVP? Most valuable person in these issues who is the MVP? Is it a Cobra Joe or the enemy? Okay, I'm going first, and it is... I struggled here to pick out someone that I thought, oh, that's bang on, that's done that, done that, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be Mouton. Um He only appears in a couple of pages, but he busts through this door with a big thram as all the parts of the door shatter, his two hands are up, kind of Magneto style. He delivers that line of dialogue which I just mentioned um, and then cut forward to a few pages and he actually gets mashed up, torn in half by some laser whip. Oh no, he's about to stomp a boot onto Layla. She's got this laser whip thing and then cuts him in half. But while he's doing all that of uh, smash downs and dying, I thought he was fantastic, well depicted and mainly got the MVP because I struggled to pick out anyone else that I liked.
1: Well, you see, my my MVP... Is the person that beat down on your MVP? Oh, Layla. So is clearly the winner there. So yeah, Layla. So so a secondary character introduced, not you know not in the GI Joes or or Cobras. Not doesn't have a toy, but one of these great secondary characters that that Hammer likes to introduce her along the along the way. And yeah, sort of just coming coming from a, a sort of scavenger that that bomb strike just happens to to meet. You know, she takes bomb strikes, heroism as as uh, a nice bit of um, inspiration, and decides to to sort of you know follow follow her on a hero's journey, sort of taking down villains here and there with uh, lightsabers, blowing up all sorts of stuff, uh, and uh, yeah, sort of end, ending it with a kind of a, a sort of dedication to a to sort of living her life in a different in a different way and and seeing what she can do to to help her her country.
0: Yep very good very good uh so yo joage here we might as well yo jo this whole arc two three three to two no two thirty to two three six or whatever it was <laughs> two, two, two yeah three, two thirty to six, two
1: three six yeah. six yeah that's right yeah uh oh no no because that yeah yeah no yeah. you're right yeah. two thirty to two three six okay why not, why what I are you coming to? in with here then uh so i think i've been going going in uh sort of with a seven each time and maybe maybe a, a very high six uh, seven um yeah i think we're seeing much the same of the you know what we've we've seen before in 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 this arc I, I like the way that that they've been zipping around all of these multiple subplots and and sort of carrying it through with quite a lot of pace and, and variety in what they've been doing um, you know very competent art uh, through throughout yep. and um some some of it has gelled with me a little less well, so so perhaps uh, some of the the Claire sub arc has been less of my favourite, but uh, there's yeah definitely been more more good than bad for for me, so uh, yeah I'll, I'll go go in with that.
0: Going with a high six, Chief is coming in with just a bog standard six. I think over these seven issues, there was almost too many subplots from the point of I think some of them felt a little bit underdeveloped. And like you said, with the cutter one, that just kind of ended. I'd like to have seen a bit more there and maybe some of the other ones. But, yeah, I am not. I don't want to say I'm getting to the position S-Jubs was in, but it's. I'm struggling to see where the high points are going to come from, especially when they start ramming Dawn down our throats even more. Um, but we shall see. So this is six Yojo Colas from the Chief. Next week, I think we're going to cover, we've got a five-issue story arc coming up. We'll break that down into two parts, so maybe we'll do 237 and 238 next week. Okay. How's that sound? Yeah. And then round out the next three issues the week after. Nice stuff. Yeah, good stuff. But uh, after talking comics, we always need to talk toys. Mark talks about toys, ho, ho. He talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the toys from the comic book and the animated show. Mark talks about toys. Mark talks about toys. What you got for us this week? Oh, no, I need to guess, don't I?
1: Okay, you have you have a guess. Why not? Mouton. Let's, let's do it. Uh, that would be, uh, I almost went for Mouton. Um, didn't. I didn't in the I didn't in the end. Oh,
0: man, the uh, the that storm shadow, the jungle storm shadow.
1: Well, he's not a toy, so. Oh yes, of course, which you've toys, told me about so. that earlier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, what else? Um, I don't know. I don't. You're to put me on my misery.
1: So, this is probably a kind of cheat because I think it has been featured on Talk Talking Toys or, already. But okay. why not? I, We're, we know, all, We're new, all new. We do what we want. All new, all different, and I shall not be silenced. All different, sometimes um, the same. <laughs> all different, except when it's the same. Uh, I've gone for the All Striker, which I think S. Jobs might have talked about. but So, I'm not going to go into to loads and loads of detail. Uh it was yeah, the vehicle of choice for uh Alpine Zap and, and Tunnel Rat on yep. on their, their mission, the, the cover vehicle on two three five and uh and actually timely because it's just seeing a release uh, as the uh in the new retro line. Ah, uh, yes. Have you got that pre ordered? Uh, I've got it pre-ordered and I understand it's on its way okay um, and so I think I think the vehicle the first set of vehicles the hiss and the all Striker, are now hitting the streets so is that uh, the
0: same mold is it the same mold as the
1: original one i it i've I've not had a chance to look at it in too much detail but it's near as damn it ex- okay. exact so the the original came came out and they have used the mold a few times uh, since but right. i think in a lot of the reuses they've pared down on some of the uh finer details just to make it i guess cheaper to produce and maybe a bit more uh durable getting rid okay. of some of the moving moving parts but yep. um yeah it came out in that that uh that you know initial hasbro wave in the in the U- uk uh with frank craster the driver obviously you know may he wrist in peace yep. um and it, it, it's yeah it's just a lovely looking design and so much playability to it you know from the from the front it's got you know the the bumper with the uh, um, uh headlights on it working way back it's got an, uh, this roll cage it's got uh room to stick your joes in as passengers on the sides and potentially on the back it's got a removal removal engine which is just such a nice uh, play feature, and when I was playing it, often sort of take out the engine, stick a Joe in there, you know, yep. sort of physics be damned. Um, you know, it's just another place to put uh, a character as a as a bit of storage and uh and a really lovely touch is the is the suspension that they they had on it so it's sort of bumping up and uh down as, as you should play with it um and yeah so it was uh it was a real favorite of me sort of yeah. the, go, the go-to land vehicle for i was gonna say what's the what's the
0: what's interesting to me is like like you you just said there the kind of the playtime stuff so for me also i had it and it was the kind of go-to vehicle i think mainly because it was fairly cheap because it was a you know, not a, a, the smallest one, but obviously not the biggest vehicle, but a kind of a, a, a good-sized medium vehicle yeah, absolutely. that was fairly cheap, but had a lot going for it. So it had that suspension, which made you kind of want to drive it over rough terrain, and the the minimalist kind of cage design meant you could kind of see in, and it felt like I don't know. I, I had a radio-controlled car, which was quite kind of similar in its look, mm. so I kind of simulated. Simulated that when I was using the radio control car as if it was the All Striker, but great design and um, yeah, it was definitely my go-to vehicle as well.
1: And also, I sort of had a leaning towards the slightly more real-world design as well. Yep. So you know, it's a very believable sort of you know desert vehicle or, or whatnot that that pe- that that you could see being used yep. in a real-world Did... environment, actually, actually existing rather than maybe a bit more of a yeah. fantastical vehicle.
0: Did you have anyone else ever drive it other than Crankcase?
1: Yeah, I wasn't too wedded to to the the drivers. That, you know, it would be sort of the the story that was playing out. You know, pretty much in in my you know toy playing canon, yep. most most ve- vehicles could be piloted or or driven by most most people. I was yeah definitely not one of you know someone that was wedded to only having the dedicated vehicle yep. driver being the person to to drive it.
0: Yeah, um, very good great vehicle did your suspension survive or i'm trying to think if mine snapped or was it snappable how how sturdy was it
1: uh it seemed pretty sturdy mine didn't mine didn't break as far as i can remember i've had uh, the stinger uh vehicle which has lost wheels and the and the um steering wheel and that kind of thing um but yeah i don't recall this uh this breaking and also the thunder machine as well i think is quite is got fairly fragile wheels as well and those broke off but yeah i pretty much remember this one uh this one staying intact
0: all right good stuff uh, always happy to talk about the oar striker one of the chief's uh, childhood faves and yours by the sound of it but there'll yeah, be more definitely. toys next week but now
1: you're listening to talking joe and now for something completely different <laughs>
0: The Star Wars galaxy, sure has a lot of playgrounds. Playgrounds. Jedi Knights, Evil Sith, Bounty Hunters, all doing the rounds. Doing the rounds. But there's a guy so cool, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Now expand your mind and be a Star Wars historian. Historian. It's 10 minute Mando. He's chasing a star. It's 10 minute Mando. He loves Beskar. It's 10 minute Mando. In a galaxy far, far away. Okay, that's right, it's back. The segment you never knew you needed until now. We are, I'm starting the clock go 10 minutes on the clock if you don't know what this is if you're jumping in this is the first episode of talking joe we have 10 minutes to talk about an episode of the mandalorian on from disney and we are talking about episode five i hope today is that right
1: the gunslinger directed by dave filoni yes and written by him as well. And, and what a so... stinker it is! <laughs> so this is the first uh, the first episode that isn't written by uh, Favreau. Yes. So uh, written by Dave Filoni, the the showrunner of the the Clone Wars. And I take it you're a, f- uh, a fan of this one, then? Yeah, I like Filoni's <laughs> stuff on Clone Wars, and I think
0: some of the episodes he scripted there have been good. But this one suffer it was suffers from two major problems, and the two major problems are. This young kid bounty hunter Mm -hmm. is the worst thing that has happened to the Mandalorian so far because he cannot act. Has he ever had an acting job in his life before this? Don't know. Don't think so. He doesn't have
1: too many big credits to his name as far as I can see, although he comes from a a long lineage of uh, other acting uh, family. But he's not
0: helped by the lines he is being given to deliver, which are Mm -hmm. not good. Um,
1: what did you think about his introduction, sort of there in uh, in the cantina, where where he's adopting that uh, Han Solo position? In the, I think even in the same booth where he's yep. got his feet up on the uh, on the table.
0: Did not care for it. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just didn't. The episode starts off nicely with the Mando in some pitch space battle. The yep. targeting is very reminiscent of Episode Four, New Hope where he gets the enemy ship in his sights and those kind of basic yeah, vector graphics up. are moving around, yeah. That's mm-hmm. very new hope ish, which I quite liked. Um, he does a bit of top gun, he hits the brakes and the guy flies right past. Right. Don't know how easy that happens in space and stuff, <laughs> but I'm not a physics yeah. master. I'm not a you know um, physician or anything, so that's fine. But nice little pitch space battle. He sat down on Tatooine. Now, again, I I don't do much research on anything in life, so but I do hear I did hear on the grapevine that fanboys were up in arms saying that why are you going back to Tatooine it's completely unnecessary and all this Mm. I didn't mind that at all I thought Tatooine has got a massive lineage of in Star Wars what's wrong with going back there you know absolutely no problem at all other than the sand people being way too clean (laughs) like where's where's their dirty dusty robes they looked they did not I liked seeing them and all that sign language sequence was fantastic Mm. But they need to be grubbed up a little bit more. Yeah. So I don't like sand. We get yeah. everywhere. <laughs> it's the worst.
1: Is that is that a quote? Something like that? I think so. Yeah. But but Dave Filoni, there, he's he's, he's you know coming from a place where he's a massive Star Wars fanboy. You know, yep. just loves the the you know the the lineage of it, or loves you know loves going back to the well. And he directed, I think, Episode One as well as this one. And and I think those both of those two. Um, have a lot of callbacks to the uh, to the original series, particularly the original uh, trilogy. You, you know, you saw it in 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 episode one, but also here, like with the the sand people, where they're looking through the binoculars and seeing yes. the you know the the their rides that are empty, and the then banthers, sort of, yeah. yeah, the banthers you know with riderless, and then and then cutting to uh, sand people just next to them. But uh, in this case, they're they're not uh, they're not beaten up on. Uh, they have a nice little bit of a Sign language dialogue in, yeah. uh, instead.
0: Now, this character that they're after. So, Mando's teamed up with this young gun who wants to get into the guild, and they're after this this bounty. Phoenix, mm-hmm. Fe, something I can't remember. Phoenix Shard or Fennec, something like that.
1: Fennec Shand, yes. played by Ming Na Wen, who's yes. I guess most uh, famous for being in Agents of Shield. Never seen. As yet. a bit of a, a badass uh, sort of agent. Okay.
0: Is this a new character invented for Mando or has she appeared in kind of extended Star Wars universe stuff before?
1: Uh, I believe she's new. I could okay. be wrong, but as in my research, I didn't find any reference to her being right. anywhere else. Okay. Um,
0: yeah, I'm I'm struggling to find bits that, you know, some of the stuff was, you know, I'm not saying it was horrendous, but it, it. I don't see
1: why you'd ever need to watch this episode again yeah' it's, it's not the best of them it's fair it's fairly forgettable stuff for a, a lot of the a lot of it um yeah you're, you're making me think now what what was what was something that was the best bit in it
0: you know some of those callbacks just, like you said you know when they're looking through the binoculars and all those I like all those little callbacks there's there's you know people moan about oh this was just fan service and at the end of the day, what's wrong with fan service if it's if it's for the fans then that's fine you know as long as it's not massive overkill i don't mind you know you gotta you gotta give the hardcore fans something so some of those touches you mentioned you know were nice but other than that
1: i don't know it yeah i mean as long as it's it's doing its own thing it's telling its own story um, while giving that fan service at the same time i think that's that's fine where it just yeah. gets lost in naval gaze, gazing and sort of just the you know the serpent eating its own tail and not giving us anything new at the same time is i think where yeah. uh where it we, you can get lost but yeah. yeah talking of fan service what did you think of uh, that you know that canteen sequence of of, of heading back to the the mozas cantina
0: yeah yeah you know that's that's i thought that was good
1: uh, they're, they're allowing bar, they're la- allowing droids there now. Clearly, because yes, even the yes. bartenders are, are droids. E- e- evd nine or whatever he's called. And but, also, yeah, apparently, I think from Jabba's Jabba the Hutt's palace. What last time we saw him? Yes. Yep.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think you'll fit right nicely on the master's sail barge. Um, <laughs> but you're a feisty little one. Um, Easter egg here was that 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 droid in this sequence was played by Mark H- Hamill. Ah, wicked.
0: Very nice, very nice. Um that's cool, didn't know that. Um what well, also did you think was that was Boba Fett was that a Boba Fett appearance as well? When I think it's you what, see the boots and you hear the
1: spurs. I think it's what we were supposed to think. Okay. So they have they haven't played on it yet, but, but you know, what we're hearing is that Boba Fett makes some sort of appearance in season two. So right. I guess okay. that might be playing the you know, laying the, the track ahead of that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Okay.
1: Oh, out of time. We didn't get to talk about Amy Sedaris, who uh, you know worked with John Favreau and Elf. Who's that?
0: I don't know. Well, I've 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 manually put that in at seven minutes because I'm bored of talking about Mando. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Okay. The seven minute. The Mando. seven minute Mando this week. All right. Okay. We didn't talk about the Pit Droids making a little parent series. Uh,
0: the Pit Droid. Which pit ones? Droids. Right? The pit droids helping oh, those tiny the little things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's playing uh, poker with them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Uh, more Mandalorian next week. We might get to 10 minutes. We might not. Who knows? It's all about the roulette of when Chief says enough's enough. <laughs> okay. So, so
1: can we, should we call it 10-minute Mando or whenever Chief yeah. gets bored and decides to finish it?
0: The 10-minute maybe Mando. Uh, is the new, <laughs> oh, does that mean I have to record the new song again? don't know. Yeah, we'll yeah. find out. We'll find out. But... Um, yeah, we got one more thing to do before we wrap up this episode of Talking Joe, and it's um, who, who's doing it this week? I don't know. Who uh, did it last week?
1: Well, asking the question.
0: Yeah, who did the oh. who did the jingle
1: thing? Oh, I oh you did it last time, didn't you? All right, go on then. You, I did it you do, the do it this time. time. Okay, we asked you a question. We asked you a question. What did you say? What did you do when we asked you a question? Uh, 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 uh. Nice, keeping it keeping it original, keeping
0: it true. Yeah. Um, there you go. And we did ask you a question. The question we asked was, "What? You know, we're in this um, collecting bubble of, of fandom and collector mania, but it seems isolated. When I talk to people, it's just I'm talking to the person who collects or the person who's into it. But we wanted to know what about your partners of the collectors? What do they think? And the it blew up. The responses
1: blew up because people had a lot they to really say. Did. There was so many. Reactions. It was uh, yeah, it was really fun to see what everyone had to, uh, had to say. Would you um, say it
0: was a varied response across the line, or
1: it it was varied? But I sort of I've totted them up. Go so on. so I'd say that we got a mix of uh, supported uh, by their partners, uh, a mixed reaction from their partners, and anti. So okay, go on, give it uh, numbers. My my five bar gate uh, had eighteen supportive. Yes, um, three mixed and seven anti okay. so so actually supportive uh is is coming through on on there which yep. is uh the nice thing to, to say so some of the some of the nicer supportive things uh were uh the a uh, couple of people gary and jason said that their wives are so supportive that they've actually been helping them try and track down the uh the target exclusives uh six inch nice and uh, S. to you know, talked about uh, his dynamics uh, and said this lovely thing: buying this stuff is like buying happiness, and it's uh, no longer frowned upon. Yeah. Um, so, in the mixed side of uh, th- things, uh, we had Matt talking about the, you know him just trying to sneak it into his man cave and not be noticed. I don't know if that uh, rings any bells when anyone, chief and, uh, and when it is noticed uh, the the significant other saying
0: another one.
1: Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Dave, uh, there's, I think Dave said that, that he just gets a bit mi- mixed reaction and a bit of an inconsistency there that one day he'll be encouraged and the other day he'll be, uh, be chastised when yep. a parcel yep. turns up and, uh, and there's on the anti side, there was people talking about the fact that, you know, those vehicles make up take up so much room and and how you know, how do you kind of accommodate them from a space point of view? Yep, uh, yep. mate Milo had a nice one which was uh, the X hated it, so they had to go. And yep. uh, I think well, he's she had about to go? Uh, I was talking about the X, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they. <laughs> I think multiple X's. Yep. Uh, so they had to go being yeah. the X's rather than What about the, uh, what about yourself?
0: Because obviously you're you're branching into the action figure. well you've got a lot of action figures anyway but you're acquiring more you've got a lot of comics uh what, how, what's your missus's take
1: yeah so I wouldn't say necessarily supportive she's just not one to try and uh enjoy the hobby with me but no. um will just kind of leave me to it as long as I'm staying out the way I've got my uh my own sort of uh study room yes uh, keep it keep it in there but yeah g- you know generally quite accommodating it we've got uh sort of various art prints sort of dotted around the the house yes uh, you know oh you're allowed for.
0: that up on the walls in outside of your your man cave area
1: exactly yeah there there it does sort of yeah encroach on the rest of the the house the the more tasteful pieces that she's happy with nice. <laughs> and uh, and also sort of you know fine with uh you know me getting toys with for the for the kids to play with them for, for them to play with yeah. as, i don't know how well. your
0: brother's missus puts up with him because he has got books
1: overflowing through every corner <laughs> of the house yeah, I don't think she's necessarily very happy about it, right. but uh, okay. you know, it is what it what it yeah. is. Should I, should I just drop in on some of the other comments that that we had people uh, talking about? Uh, we had uh, Gi Joe Netherland just sort of thinking about and you know, being in a, a relationship and where you where you're sort of in your own place with your own space and can do what you like, but then when you're having to move in together, you know, if that collection is taking a lot of room, it's a little bit of a, a quandary how that that gets dealt with yep. uh you know rock talked about keeping your wife happy by having it in your your space much as i do and uh out of sight out of mind uh, uh i think it was jay uh, sorry if i've uh, written down your name wrong uh said it's this or strippers so that just helps put it into perspective yeah uh, friend of the show Jim Godfrey said uh, the wife thinks I'm a half retarded arrested development fuck witted man child if we're being honest about it yep, very we'll honest there, yep. <laughs> uh Yorktown Joe uh she said he said she watches YouTubes about uh, joy of minimalism whereas meanwhile I'm reading reviews of our upcoming classified releases you got so it not entirely on the same page I am there, 100% I there. <laughs> that's more in the in the chief camp of uh, dynamic yeah um We had uh, Stephen saying, my wife is a good sport about it. She sees it as an activity that brings me joy, Uh, one I get to share with my kids. It's quality time spent with our sons, making memories and having fun. I'll tell you Uh, one I spotted. I think even Richard uses his wife's Facebook account. That's right, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. well done. So she must be supportive in some regard. Exactly. And I, I said, uh, yeah, you know, either that or just in a constant state of amusement, wondering yeah. what are yeah coming through <laughs> in these notifications. So, yeah, lots of lovely responses from, yes. from everyone. Yes. It's not great to see everyone get, getting involved and getting their takes and seeing yeah. All, yeah. all sides of the, the collecting spectrum.
0: Yeah, well, we have seen that side of the collecting spectrum, but that kind of got us thinking something related to that. And we talked about partners, but what about kids you know not everyone who's listening is going to have kids but they might have nephews or nieces etc or no kids but what do your kids think about your your man child wannabe collectingness? this do, do you are they involved in it are they they're collecting their own thing that's apart from what you're collecting or do you try and get them involved in what you're doing so we're kind of interested in that dynamic you know yeah, do what you do the kids think in- about your collecting
1: you try and indoctrinate them like uh, I try and do with my kids. <laughs> do they, do they, you, know, you know, do they buy into it, or do they just not care about your yeah. personal passions uh, at all? Do you do you try and share it with them, or do you, you know, keep it away and you know so that you can keep your collection all nice and minty, boxy, fresh?
0: Yes, yes. Are they allowed their mitts on them, uh, so to speak, as in kind of like Lego Movie-ish, where that's you right. Know, you keep it away but interesting let's let's see what we get back from that one uh, next week But that has been this episode of Talking Joe. It's been a good one. It's been a fast-paced, rollicking, action-packed one. You can find us in all the usual places. That is Talking underscore Joe on Twitter, Talking Joe Comics on Instagram, Talking Joe Comics, a G.I. Joe podcast on Facebook. Come and join that group. A lot of action going on there. And if you want to hit us an email, it's TalkingJoeComics at gmail.com. Quick shout out to Sam Myers. Got an email from him. Very nice. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Keep up the good work. But um, yeah, uh, I think with all that said and done... You can catch us
1: down the road. We've been talking, Joe. And we're all out of jewels. See you later, people. Yo, Joe.